Welcome everybody to Beauty and Business and uh, I've got the amazing Diane Kennedy with me today. Hi Di, how are you? Hi Elle, I'm well, how are you? I'm great and you know, as you could hear uh, the little sort of dialing in everybody, we, we actually had this scheduled amazing interview that we we're going to do on Browsex International and sadly life got in the way or should we say technology <laughs> and uh, and it didn't happen so we decided to actually uh, offer you a podcast so at least you've got uh, all this beautiful information that we're going to be sharing and important information we're going to be sharing with you today and we're going to pick Diane's brains and just get everything out of it that we possibly can to find out how we can grow our businesses into profitable amazing amazing um brands and companies. So um, Diane, you're going to let everyone know to start with, what is it that's your specialty? I mean, what are you, why would I bring you on and interview you for all of our beautiful beauty and, uh, you know, beauty salon owners? What do you do exactly? Well, in common parlance, I suppose people would call me an accountant, but I'm really a business development coach or how to make your business thrive. I work um, not solely, but primarily with business women, and I also work primarily with hair and beauty salons um, and affiliates of hair and beauty salons. Wonderful. Um, and yeah, you know, and uh, when I say, I'm sorry, you go. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And when I say business development, it's different to compliance, and people may not understand the difference. So compliance is where I do your income tax return, your business activity statement, uh, the reports, and prior to that, the bookkeeping that enables us to generate that information. Business development, on the other hand, is working out what is in your business, how can we improve the business um, procedures, how can we improve the results, how can we get a better return on investment, and there are different ways of actually doing that business development part, which is associated with accounting, but it's not compliance. Mm, I love that. Thank you for that clarity. I think that's really important. I've got some really great questions that we've put together for you, Di, today, because one of the things that when we spoke last week or the week before, one of the things that I, I, I mentioned to you that I used to think of all the time when I was in my salons uh, in the beginning, right at the beginning, was, oh, I wish I could just find an amazing accountant. Someone that, you know, we think of accounting as someone that just does the compliance. and I, But that's not what I was talking about. You know, I, I, in my mind, I wanted someone that was going to help me to deal with all this, number one, cash money that I was making. How to deal with just the money coming in through, you know, through the till. I wanted to invest it. I wanted to make sure that it was all, you know, I declared it all. So I wanted to use it in a way that was really, really purposeful in my business. I wanted to actually be able to use it to grow my business, invest in my life, um, make sure that my business was on par as far as, you know, what I was uh, uh, you know, when can I put on my next staff member when, when I couldn't? I mean, that's what I see an amazing accountant being for. And I don't just see them as doing compliance. I think that an accountant that is thinking for you in your business is a very powerful, powerful, um, addition to every single business. Do you agree? Oh, wholeheartedly. Yes. Um, I think the, the difficult part for me is also that people don't see me as that integral part of their business and ask me questions when they come up. 
um, ask for advice when the question pops into their brain. Um, they're laying awake at night pondering about, you know, what do I do with, uh, when, as you said, when do I put on my next employee? Yes. How do I pay for them? Mm. Um, how much is that going to increase my business? Oh, I have another, I have another thing that's just popped into my mind. This is going to happen. I'm sorry, Di. It happens to me all the time. I just get these little things sure. to pop in and I think it's so important. One of the biggest things that I think is, is so significant when you're, especially when you're starting up even, or you're expanding and moving, uh, to a bigger premises or a different premises for whatever reason is to understand the ratios. You know, how much can your rent really actually cost before it's costing too much? Like, how yeah. do you figure out all these things? You know, what we look at when we're looking at a new building is, oh, it's so pretty. Oh, it's so lovely. Oh, I can just see it already. You know, it's great. Oh, it's a little bit expensive, but you know what? It doesn't matter. We don't look mm. at the numbers a lot of the time, you know, yeah. and it's kind of like that. That, I mean, you know, one of my first questions was when it comes to small businesses, we all know the failure rate is un unfortunately so high. So, you know, these are the reasons in so many ways, aren't they? Because we're not doing, we're not using people like you are working, I shouldn't say the word mm. using, but working with people just like you to sit down and go, you know what, what can I afford? What yeah. is the ratio? What are my yeah. numbers? Where's my dashboard? What am I supposed to be looking at? And to me, you're almost more like business development for me is almost like, you know, you're almost harboring on being like a coach to some extent, but not yeah. really because you're sort of kind of doing all the really, the nitty gritty. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, I really love what you do. You know, I feel really passionate about what you do. I would never do it because I never could. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> but... I love the, the, the essential part of what you do, you know, and, and that you are for every business. So why would you, what would you say? Would you say that, that, that not doing that would affect small businesses really badly? Is that one of the reasons, do you think, that they don't take care of this side of their business that makes oh, them fail? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Well, some of the reasons that the business would fail, one is lack of cash because they're not actually forecasting their cash flow, they're not managing their cash flow, um, and that goes back to what are they reporting? Are they actually keeping their records properly? So they know what they've got to pay in the next month, in the next two months, in the next six months. Yeah. You know, what, are, what are the expenses that are coming up? You talked about ratios and benchmarks, and there are published um, benchmarks that I use frequently when I'm doing business planning and cash flow forecasting and budgets for my clients. Those are the, the, um, the benchmarks that I use. And I can print out a P&L and a cash flow and I can tell immediately where um, a business is having problems. They might be paying too much in wages because it might be more than on average a successful business is able to maintain for wages. And that same, as you say, goes for rent. So there's no point in having, you know, you absolutely salubrious but wonderful offices or salon or something if it's more than 20, 25% of your revenue. You mm -hmm. can't afford it because and I, there are other business expenses that you have to be able to cover as well correct. to be able to make a profit. Correct, correct. And, you know, and I think too, you know, we're also going to have girls that are in home salons. Australia's got a lot of home salons. Yeah. The Amer yeah. America where we are, they've got a lot of girls that are actually um, working inside of these amazing sort of huge um, 
uh, well, what would you call them? I don't even know what they are. They're like big beauty and hair sort of um, buildings, and they they actually have their space within these buildings. A lot of them, and okay. a lot are on street like fronts. Well, it's like, like a, a real, sort of well, no, it's not really a mall. It's like just a really big, huge kind of, a lot of them are really quite big and they might have like, all, you know, like all the different salon owners just go in there and they, they work on their own and whatever. It's actually just a completely different culture in America when it comes to beauty. Yeah. Totally different. And it's been beautiful for me. It's been a bit of an adventure really getting to know how these beautiful girls actually run their salons and their businesses. Whereas in Australia, we really have either the home salon owner and we have the street front sort of, you know, that's basically really, yeah. we do have some that sort of work um, in conjunction with hairdressing salons and so on, but that's not huge. So for us, it's it's a little bit different, but even for the home salon owner, you know, you kind of think, oh, well, I don't have to worry too much because I don't have expenses and I'm working from home, but, you know, good habits um, are what make you grow in your business. It's good habits that, you know, even when you're doing a little bit, you're going, well, hang on, it does matter. It actually does matter that I understand and that I, I'm working with someone that can get me to grow in a way that is, you know, really beneficial for my life and my family and so on. But, you know, so I think that even when you're a home salon owner, these things are not I mean, you need these things, you need to understand it. And it's really beautiful to even think that you have someone that would do those hard yards for you. And yes, you've got to pay them. But the point is, you know, they're doing the things that are actually going to grow your business. Yeah. So I really love that. I've got another question for you. Um, and let me just let me just have a little look at it because with all the technical issues that we had, my mind got a little bit sort of like I was a bit more organised than I am right this second. But if you were to think of actually, I want to sort of almost play like devil's advocate a little bit here for a moment. When it comes to growing a business and generating more profit, is it that simply a matter of getting more clients or having clients spend more money with us? Or isn't business growth essentially a sort of like a marketing function of a business and accounting just a compliance? Now, that's what I want you to answer because I know what you're going to say, but I want you to really elaborate on it to make sure that the tax office doesn't come down and sort of, you know, get mad at us. So how can effective accounting bring more money you know, into a business. Because when we talk about um, more money in a business, we normally think of marketing. We normally think about more clients, getting more money from our clients, blah, 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 right? But how can accounting, effective accounting like what you provide, actually bring us more money into our business? And how can, how can, they, how can accounting, like real accounting, I'm not just talking about compliance, tax returns, no. real accounting, grow a business? Um, well, really, accounting function is counting. It's measuring. It's recording. So if you were, if say you had a plan to increase your marketing, say you had a special um, campaign on, and you knew that you were going to advertise um, and spend X number of dollars on Facebook, you'd have to get X number of um, supplies in, more supplies to actually um, provide the services and you might be able, you might need to put on an extra person or something. So how are you going to tell if you, if that campaign was successful, if you're not actually recording what you did for that campaign Correct. and then Correct. measuring and doing a budget for it in the first place. So when I'm doing a budget, I reverse engineer it. So I start with what, how much money do you want to make out of this campaign? It might be 10, might be 20, might be a hundred thousand dollars. So we know what your costs are associated with that. You're going to actually budget. You're going to plan what your costs are. You know what you're going to spend on advertising, your consumables, your staff, etc. So that tells you what your gross profit is because your profit plus all of those costs is your gross profit. So then we know, okay, 
and that actually might even be your profit. How many sales do you have to make to make that profit to get that end result that you're looking for? And so that's where accounting comes in to help you grow your business because it helps you plan. Mm, absolutely, plan. absolutely. It helps you measure, mm-hmm. helps you um, measure your actual versus your budget, um, and then it points out where you went wrong for next time so you didn't make the plan, you didn't make the profit um, that you planned on. Did that mean that you spent too much during expenses? You didn't make enough sales? You didn't charge enough for each sale that you bought? So there's so many variables. But if you're not actually making a plan, making a budget, and measuring your actual against budget using accounting, you don't know whether you're actually growing or you're not. Yeah, and yeah, you know, there's something that, you know, as I'm listening to you and, and I'm really en- enjoying everything that you're sharing because it's just so, so accurate and so powerful, you know, for women, women, and I say women because, mm. you know, a lot of the time we run our businesses, women run their businesses through feelings and yeah. emotions. And, and <laughs> well, if you anything you run through an emotion is going to be, turn into fear because an emotion yeah. is just energy in motion that is sort of like it's not contained it's it's just all over the shop it's got there's nothing grounded in it or even honest in fact in an emotion I would go as far as to say feelings we can have really true and beautiful feelings but we can't run our business through feelings because business is about numbers I mean if we really look at the entire universe just to throw this in it's about numbers <laughs> get into quantum physics and everything and you know numbers are just like so unbelievable you know there was an amazing show actually um, a documentary on I I think it was called The Code or something and it was about numbers and just you know how anyway let's not go into that but numbers are (laughs) so so important and and we have to decide if we want to run our business through facts and numbers, we want to run them through emotions yeah. and feelings. And when we run them yeah. through emotion, we're draining ourselves. It's yeah. actually one of the worst patterns a woman, a businesswoman could ever do in her business, whether she's small, medium or large, um, because it's just like giving away all your power. Just giving it away. You've got no idea what you're doing. One day you're busy, the next you're not, then you're stressed, then you can't sleep, then you're thinking, how are you going to make more money? And the whole idea of is, you know, consolidate it, bring it all together and think to yourself, who do I need to make, get my business to grow and to build that beautiful foundation um, with someone like, for example, yourself, Di, which I think is just a really wonderful thing that we've got women like you to really support us and help us so that we can move forward because, you know, these girls are growing. They're, they're stretching past all their limitations, a lot of them, and they're doing such amazing, amazing work. But having an accountant is very different to having someone that is really, you know, I think there are accountants and there are real accountants. I'm sorry, that's what that's what I think. <laughs> I think there are accountants that love just, the you know, doing the numbers, doing the compliance, and that's what they do, and that's it. And then there are these passionate, amazing accountants and, you know, I mean, we have one of our own that we just absolutely adore and love. And I, and I know I can't wait to actually do some work with you myself and in, with our business. But um, it's just amazing to, when you find someone like that, girls, when you find someone like Di or someone that's just so passionate about 
helping you and actually giving you that that planning. I mean, that's just amazing. And that she's a woman too. I love that fact too. Not that there's anything wrong with the blokes, but I love that. I love it. Tell me something, Di. Would you say that... Um, when would you say it's time for someone to, to would you say, right, like if someone's working from home, for example, I'm just giving that as an example because we have a lot of our audience that are, you know, have two, three salons mm. and all kinds of people, but I don't want to leave out the girls that are, you know, really starting their dream. Like, for example, Browse Secrets International, we find a lot of our girls might start at home and now they've mm. expanded and they're, in, and they're on street fronts. They've got waiting lists. Like, it's amazing what's actually happening. So I don't want to leave them out because if I'd left a lot of my girls out in the beginning and didn't train them, then they wouldn't be where they are today because, you know what I mean, like there's, we've yeah. got to talk about those people too. So I oh, think yeah. that what, what would you think if you had someone that was in a home salon sort of situation and she was just sort of even just starting out, what, would you, what advice would you give someone like that? Well, to be up front, my business, I have a home-based office. I don't actually have a shop front. And I have outsourced workers because it's um, a cost-effective, efficient way of working with today's technology. I don't need um, an office. And you'll find many professionals, um, accountants and lawyers, financial planners, etc., are doing the same thing. So I'm in league with women who are operating their salon from their home. That's awesome. But um, I, I just say... Um, from the outset, no business is too small for sound financial management. So Love right it. from the get-go, mm -hmm. you have to be aware of your numbers. And I know that sounds scary and oh, your eyes glaze over and I just don't want to know. I'm dyslexic with numbers and all of that. And, and if that's the case, there's ways of working around that. But you, you really need to have several things happening right from the start. Regardless of where you're starting, whether you're a home business, you've, you've rented a salon, you're in a hairdressing, you're renting a room. You have to have good accounting software. Excel just doesn't cut it. You can't get a report out of, well, a meaningful report out of Excel, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so you, you've got to have good accounting software. I use and recommend Zero because for someone who has no bookkeeping or accounting knowledge whatsoever, it's really user-friendly, and you can get going right from the start. And I love the that. That's fantastic. So yep. The other thing is to do your record-keeping on an accrual basis. So just an explanation of what that means. Most people, particularly when they start out, start recording their expenses only as they pay them. So you get your Telstra bill, your Optus bill, whatever it might be, you put it in the drawer and it's due in three weeks. But when three weeks comes around, you haven't actually got the money to pay it. When we're doing budgets and cash flow forecasting, we always do it on an accrual basis, which means you record that bill owing as soon as it hits your, your letterbox or your inbox. And you record that as an account payable or um, debt, uh, credit, as it's called, a couple of accounting jargon words for Thank it. Thank you. Nice for that. <laughs> so we'll write those down. Record, record your bills as soon as you get them in your accounting software so that you can then generate a report. And the other thing is with Zero is I put that up on the, or is on the dashboard. So you can see at a glance, as long as you're, you've got that up to date, you can see at a glance what you owe in the next week, um, month, 
or you know six months is going out a bit too far. You don't normally record your bill six months in advance, but you you know what you've got coming to pay. Oh, that's so important, isn't it? Because it is. You you can relax a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You might have a pile of papers, but they're not recorded anywhere. You can't. There's no picture of what it is that you owe. Yes. And, And actually, I'm not a visual person. I'm what's called an auditory digital person. So I think in words and I hear things and I read things and I don't picture it. But I can still actually print out a report and it's got those numbers for me. Mm. And <laughs> so the, I love that. Dashboard, but I'm not visually looking at it. Yes, I'm yes. A point going, oh, okay, I've got to pay this one that day, <laughs> and I've got to pay this one that day, and I've got to pay this one that day. So, so tell me, so don't, um, I guess, I, I guess the question that begs to be asked here, right, because I, I've heard that zero is fantastic too. I mean, you know, um, Toby, um, you spoke to Toby. He, you know, he, he loves mm-hmm. zero. He thinks it's fabulous. Yeah. One of the things that, um, that, um, I would like to ask you is how much does the normal kind of beauty professional salon owner need to know about all these things. I guess that would, it depends on how much she wants to bring in an accountant or someone yeah. uh, like you to manage her business, depending on the level of business that she has. Like when you're smaller, you might have to do a little bit more. Do you think that it's important that they understand as a, as a business owner, they get some of what you're talking about? Or do they just pass it across and go, you know what, I'm outsourcing this. This is not my thing. Yeah. I just want someone to do it for me and I'm willing to pay them. Do you think they need to know a little bit about all of that? Because for me, it's not my, it's not my sweet spot. I can tell you now, mm. I, I have other people that do that for me. Mm. Um, and I'm, I've got, you know, I'm very much in the creative side of things and, and so on. But do you, but, but I, I still do have my understanding of it. You know, do you think it's important for, for a salon owner to have that understanding and how much do they need to have? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, one thing I do not advocate is handing over control to anybody of, of your business. It doesn't mean that you do everything, but it means that you understand what should happen and whether it's being done correct. So awesome. I guess I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hesitate to say gut feeling, but a gut feeling will tell you um, without um, delving down into it, does that. Um, wage figure look right? Does that um, revenue turnover figure look right? So I think everybody needs to have financial awareness and showing showing, uh, your balance sheet and your profit and loss and your cash flow forecast. Three really important Great. So you would say those three things are the key things that everyone should really have a handle on and and yeah. uh, and do you do you know where where would where would girls because another question just let me just backtrack a minute another question I want to ask you is what's the difference because as I'm listening to you speak you know I've, I've had in my long 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 career I've, I've dealt with a lot of people what's the difference between having a coach like a business coach because we know there's heaps of them everywhere nowadays they're all over the mm-hmm. shop um, and having someone like you uh, coming into um, a business, what what do you think would be the difference? Could you? Because to me, you sound very coachy. You sound very. You're very mm. passionate, and you're very kind of like I'm kind of thinking, whoa, why would anyone need a coach if they had, you know, die? <laughs> but you well, know, different sorts tell of me the difference. Too. Yep. Well, yeah. I do coach now. When I'm doing accounting, it might be when I have um, 
uh, packages um, for my clients and so uh, it might vary from I'll do everything from the get-go, all of their bookkeeping, all of their BASs, all of their financials and then all they have to do is send me the document or they might do a bit of it. But then the other side of that is that I actually do work on a business plan with you and that's actually coaching you. I don't do the business plan. I draw out of you what you want to achieve. Same I love with the budget. That. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, we, we work mm -hmm. with a budget, we reverse engineer. I draw out of you, what do you want to achieve? How are we going to get there? And then, I mean, cash flow forecasting is, is the next step from the budget. So then we say, okay, when's the money going to hit the bank and when is it going to go out? Mm -hmm. What you've got to provide for in the future. Right. So, um, yeah, I do concentrate more on coaching people if that's what they want. But if you consider most of my um, hair and beauty clients will have a marketing coach and they'll have a salon coach and they'll have uh, maybe a personal development coach but they don't actually have a financial awareness coach or yeah, a, business, love that. Yes, a, business, yes. a business coach and yes. you know are you doing the right thing or are you not doing the right mm, thing yes. what, what can we improve what are your KPIs are you measuring the right KPIs and how have they changed over time so, and things one KPI might be different now than it will be in, in 12 uh -huh. months' time. You might be, I love it. Your business progresses, so it, mm -hmm. you might be measuring something different as your strategy changes as well. And I so, thought, sorry, Di, keep going, keep going. Keep yeah, I really recommend that people do have a business coach that talks about numbers, not just about marketing and not just about you know, um, getting more clients and, and how you treat your clients and things of that nature. But you do need to have a business coach to talk about the numbers. Yeah, and I think, yeah, that. I agree. I agree. And I think that what's really important too is is having an accountant that is can get crea crea that's creative, like thinks outside of the box, you know, because a lot of accountants don't. They're very, very... Um, I'm not talking about you, by the way, just so that you don't get upset with me. <laughs> they can be very sort of, because they're numbers people, they can get into this kind of almost like uh, not relating. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, oh, well, that's the thing and that's what it is. And it's like, I remember having accountants like that die. I actually remember having accounts like that and thinking, oh, no, I've got to find a new accountant. Where is this person that I need? I just knew what they were like. But I just still hadn't found them. And it, it, you know, there is that side of having an accountant that thinks outside of the box for you, you know, that is there to really support the growth of your business rather than just this whole compliance thing. And sometimes we think, you know, oh, yeah, but I've got an accountant. Well, I'm sorry, but is your accountant like extraordinary? Like if you want, you know, that's how I think. I think is your accountant like out of this world, like amazing? And if they're not, then start looking. You know, because that's one person in every single business that actually has to be incredible, you know, an incredible person, like amazing at their work, but they're, they're also, do you agree with me, like creative and think outside of the box? Does that, does that make sense? Am I, am I, are you sort of understanding what I'm saying? Uh, I'm not sure what thinking outside of the box actually means because it real, each business is different. And um, I can offer suggestions and I can draw out of you what you think the problem might be. 
But I, I asked a lot of the time as a sounding board, people will just ring up and say, Exactly. Hey, I've been thinking about that. What do you reckon? And I say, well, if you do that, this will be the outcome. This will be the numbers. This will be um, the increase in expense or this will be the increase in revenue or things like that. So it's not – and it's before the fact. Um, a lot of accountant work is – after the fact, yeah, correct, the correct. after mm-hmm. everything's happened. And mm-hmm. the worst nightmare I find is that I get, if I'm not working with a client through the year, I might just do their income tax at the end of the year. And um, it, and then it might be, it might be too late. The end of the year. Yeah, yeah, it might be too and late. They, yeah. They've mm-hmm. done something and I think, oh, excuse the French, shit. What the hell have they done? Why didn't they call me? Oh, my God, it's a hornet's nest now. Yes, but but I guess that's what I'm saying when I say an accountant that is thinking outside of the box is always like you said something really lovely before, which is that you're drawing out of people and you're there to give them the support. You're not just there to say to them, you know, oh, well, thank you so much. Yep, this is what your tax is. This is your GST. Pay your bills, blah, blah, blah. To me, that's, that's a totally different kettle of fish. But to have an yeah. account that's willing to have the conversation, that's willing to actually look at things and say, to you, you know what, I'm not sure about that. Like, you know, what do you think? Think again. Can we do it? You know, what do you think about doing it like this? This might work too. That to me is an accountant that is not your standard kind of accountant. That's what I mean when I say someone that's prepared to give more of themselves and their knowledge and their expertise to support you in your business. I think that's just mm. paramount. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. It's just, um, well, everybody needs someone in their in their camp to yes, to, to help them and guide them and and you know be there to answer the questions rather than you know tossing and turning all night and that burning question that's burning a hole in your brain. Yes, and and, and I, I want to add there. another thing. Oh, haven't we all died? I've actually been there. And, you know, <laughs> I, I worked I worked as an accountant for twenty odd years, and then I started my own business. And I thought I knew everything, but it was a rude awakening. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know how to market. I yeah. still don't know how to sell very well. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm always on a constant quest of self, business development and self-development, you know, to improve those things where I feel I'm lacking. But I also acknowledge that I can't do everything. I outsource as much as I can where I don't do it very well. Yeah, and I think that that's great. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's great, isn't it? And I think that's really, really fantastic. And and it's I'm I'm always a big believer in delegation, outsourcing, really bringing in amazing people into your business because you know you're bringing in so many minds and so much more resource, and you're not just depending on on you or what you can do. Like there there really is something beautiful about that extension, like extending outwardly and going. You know what? I'm not the only person in the world that's good. I'm good at one thing, but I might not be good at something else so it, it's really beautiful to pull in all of those um all of those resources and utilize them let me ask you something if someone wanted to connect with you after this call because i i would love after this podcast i would love that um our community our audience would feel like you know really connecting with you just reaching out and asking a few questions really getting to know you a little bit how would they do that and would they say that you know like i, I listened to the podcast with alan i want to have a conversation like how would they actually get to you what would they do where would they go what can we put up can we put something up when we put this podcast up for people to find you your website maybe is that a good idea fantastic 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 in facebook 
if you search for small business know-how, my Facebook page will come up. You can you can message me there awesome. or like the, like the page and see my latest posts. Fabulous. Or my email is Diane with a double N at S for Sally, M for Mary, B for Bob. Actually, that's not how you do it, but you know. No, no, com dot au. I think it's Sally Mike Bravo. Yes, that's the one. Um, awesome. Call me. You can even call me if you're in Australia. Zero four one seven. I'll go. Go. Awesome. Say the number. Say the number. Zero four one seven five six two five. And, you know, for me, I don't know why anyone wouldn't, you know, even if you have a great account that you really like or whatever, you know, it could be that in the future you want, you're looking for someone or whatever, make the connection and reach out and really look at how you can grow your business just from what you've got going on right now. Forget about more clients for a second. Forget about increasing prices or whatever. Just get that right. Like we ran a business acceleration program with Browse Secrets International, actually, which was amazing for a lot of our girls. We had girls tripling their income, saving, wow. you know, $30,000 in uh, a per year, actually, through doing this program, just through one webinar that um, Brian, Brian Santos, our, our coach, our business coach, actually gave to them, which is amazing. But, um, you know, we, we're, we're sort of like leaning towards bringing in other people to actually do things for our girls nowadays and our audience because I'm seeing so many amazing women that I'm just loving. And, um, and I'd love to invite you to come on to Beauty and Business, which is our closed group. I'd love to have you there, Di, for girls to ask questions. Maybe we can do interviews that work, in, as in like on camera. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work oh, that out. We'll work. We'll work that out, and um, and really bring you on once a month. Maybe you can, you know, have some themes for them that uh, yeah. you might want to talk about, and uh, that would be just fantastic. I would really, really, really love that. And add me to that that group of yours. I'd love to be on that group too that you have that you were mentioning before. But um, let's talk more about that privately. We'll make that happen. So we'll keep the girls just, you know, like keep just getting more and more from you and, and and hopefully in that girls get to really um, I want them to respond to you know um, the expertise that you're sharing with us and, and the passion I'm really hearing the passion and I love that I think passion is so important in business you need people that really love helping people and uh, mm. and seeing them grow and when you have mentors like that around you that is like that's just like you know that's it's, it's a huge huge thing and um, and I really feel that from you so I absolutely love it thank you for sticking with us today I know that you had those issues with the camera and the whatever we don't know where it came from or how it happened but we're going to continue we're going to soldier on because we can you know we might as well and uh, we will be back thanks so much for your time Di it's been lovely chatting with you absolutely beautiful and uh, you well thanks thank you and we're going to be back again we'll be back again we thank will. you everybody thank you so much take care now bye bye